As I mentioned in the beginning of this year of mercy, that the year would be divided into two parts. We spent the first part talking about God's mercy toward us. And now in this second part, we are talking about how we show that mercy of God to one another. And so now we've been going through the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy. And as you may recall, I added one to the list of the corporal works of mercy. And that is the mercy that you and I show whenever we protect or defend or show reverence and respect toward all human life from conception until natural death. One of the beautiful fruits and wonderful gifts of the grace of conversion is the healing of our spiritual blindness. And I remember at different times in my life when I experienced this grace. And it, it sometimes feels like scales are falling from the eyes of our mind and our heart. And we can begin to see as God sees. Because I, like many people, I had many opinions about different things, about matters great and small, sometimes of great importance, others of less. And even if I was confused or doubtful about other things, I still tried to have an opinion that I could share in some way. But as I continue to open my heart to the grace of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to shine his light, I began to see more clearly in the different areas of Christ's teaching and in the teaching of the church. And one area that became so clear to me is this area of the sacredness, the precious gift of every single human life. And it was like the opinions just fell away as I began to see objectively and clearly the truth of God as so clearly and consistently taught by the church. Certain scripture passages just came alive, like that beautiful passage from the prophet Jeremiah. Before I knit you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And then how that continues in Psalm 139, it is I who knit you together in your mother's womb. Wonderfully, oh, how fearfully I am made. And then that beautiful affirmation of the goodness of my little being, 
when God pronounces goodness upon all creation, and then how God expresses that he even takes great delight in this little being that I am, in the eighth chapter of the book of Proverbs, I found this truth so comforting, many times healing, and also very affirming. But it also made me aware, as I know it has for many other people, of the moments in my life when I did not hold my life or the life of others as sacred and precious. And so, what does a person do if out of ignorance or weakness or various other reasons, what can a person do if they have made a bad choice and sinned against this beautiful gospel of life. Because while on the one hand, we need to continue to unite together and with various efforts to always do all that we can to show mercy to the most weak, vulnerable, innocent, and little, those without a voice, that we must try to respect, reverence, defend and protect the sacredness of every human life. But then what about those who have sinned against life? This is why we need to talk about another important, necessary manifestation of mercy. When you and I read the Gospels, Jesus is revealing so many things. And there's uh, many things that keep popping up over and over again. And one of those is how sinners, both small and great, always found a refuge in the heart and the mercy of Jesus. And sometimes these were great sinners. When Jesus gave that parable of the prodigal son, was that just hypothetical, or were these actual people in the crowds that he was speaking to? We know there was, for example, the tax collectors, Matthew and Zacchaeus, great public sinners that were scorned. There was the woman caught in adultery, the Samaritan woman who had five husbands, and the man she was with when she met Jesus was not her husband. There was Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons were driven out, or was that six? I lose count. But the important thing is that sinners, no matter how far they fell, no matter what they did, they found a refuge and a new beginning in the merciful heart of Jesus.
Whenever I go to a new place, I always know that there are some sitting in the pews that are asking this question. Is this secret that I carry in my heart of something I did many years ago over which I have so much regret and pain, which even causes me to lose sleep some nights? Can I share this secret with Father Stephen? How will he react and treat me if I unburden my heart with this burden I've been carrying for so long? Will he treat me like Jesus welcomed sinners in his day? Or will Father Stephen be like the Pharisees? Will he condemn me and treat me harshly and judge me and be critical of me? And I love it. I love how God works. After I am in a place from six months, a year, two years, I love it when I get those phone calls and knocks on the door. Father, can I talk to you? And then they unburden their hearts and they share that painful secret that they may have never confessed to anyone. And then I get to witness the power of God. Help that person restore their life again. Be forgiven and to let go and go forward in hope. This is one of the most beautiful gifts of my life as a priest. But it raises the question, are you and I as Christians, are our families, is our parish community a place where people who have failed, people who have sinned against life, can they find a refuge in us? Because I have heard stories that have broken my heart where young people or adults have been crippled by fear of being crushed by the anger and rejection of their parents, where they felt so much shame and embarrassment of what they've done. They feel isolated and unsupported with no place to go with this secret because they feel their family and close relatives will reject them. And we have to realize that we can become partly the cause of someone taking the life of their own child. If we have not the heart of Jesus, And so while, as I said, we are called by Jesus to promote respect for the sacredness of all human life, at the same time, we must be that field hospital 
that Pope Francis talks about, where sinners can find refuge with us and make a new beginning with their life. This is the twofold mercy that Jesus would love to give to each one of us when he comes to us in communion today. Let us allow him to do that. Amen.